Thank you so much, uh, Dodgeworth and Jimmy. Appreciate that so very much. And love how that song focuses on Christ in heaven. You know, so sometimes uh, you hear songs about heaven, it seems like they focus in all the streets of gold and jasper walls and some of these other things. And, and uh, certainly those are scriptural, but I think one of the reasons that song has lasted through the years has been its focus on uh, just being present with Christ in heaven. And uh, certainly looking forward to that day. I hope it's not too soon. But uh, when it is, when it's my time to go, I, I, I'm looking forward to that day. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I don't want to let off the gas pedal even a little bit. I don't want to coast, coast in. I want to make an abundant entry. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Well, this is... This is a special uh, service as, as we've brought in new members, and these, these have been a part of our church for a long time. Well, not my wife so much, unless you think two years is a long time. Um, but uh, this has been Amy's church for as long as she can remember, and uh, Alex, too, I believe, pretty well as long as he can remember. He's, this has been his church, and... You know, that's a testimony, that's a testimony to this church. It really is. When, when the young people uh, that have been raised here want to be a part, and uh, just, um, it's a testimony to you, it's a testimony to uh, the fact that you have kept the promises that you made when they were dedicated, um, not just the parents, but as a church, the responsibility uh, that we have um, to our children and young people as a church, and uh, it's, it's a great and wonderful thing. And uh, this morning, by the help of the Lord, I'd like to talk to us about the meaning of church membership, the meaning of church membership. I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Just one verse of Scripture, very unusual for me to just lift one verse of Scripture. I could have read more, but... Um, Verse 19, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Father, we have so much to be thankful for. We're thankful for this church. We're thankful for the people in it. Thankful for the those that are no longer with us, they're with you, but they plowed the way for us. And Lord, we ask that you'd help us as we endeavor to rightly divide the word of truth. May you be glorified and honored this morning. May we be uplifting. May you be glorified. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I just counted a privilege to bring new members into a church. I think it's a wonderful thing. But you know, the early church didn't have membership. And some people have used that as an argument that churches shouldn't have membership. And uh, I can understand that uh, point, but really in, in the early church, the, the church of Acts, they didn't 
need church membership because if you joined uh, the church, then you were, were in danger of being persecuted. You could lose your life by being a part of a church. You and so you didn't have a whole lot of people. You had some, but you didn't have a whole lot of people that were wanting to profess to be Christians and not really mean it. If, if this morning's uh, ceremony of bringing them in, if that would have marked them as potential candidates for martyrdom, we may have had a few less. I hope not, but we may have had a few less. But the other part of that is, is that would have made this ceremony more solemn. This was a joyous occasion. This was a, 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 a wonderful, wonderful experience. But it would have been a completely different kind of ceremony if they were taking upon themselves a mark that could cost them their family relationships, could have cost them their lives, could have cost them their, their uh, work, their employment. If it would have carried that kind of significance, this would have been a much different ceremony. And so in the early church, instead of having church membership, they baptized them. They were baptized in. And once you were baptized, that was, that was, the, way it, that, that was the way of bringing you in. And you, you uh, said that you were going to be a part and, and uh, you were risking your life to be a part of us. I'm glad that so far this, this morning, we can say that when you join the church, you're probably not risking your life. Thankful for that. Thankful that we can uh, worship together this morning and the police know that we're here. They know what time our church services are and they're not going to bust in here and cart us all off to jail because we've had service. And yet, and yet I think that because we don't have that threat, sometimes we can take lightly the privileges and the responsibilities of membership. Throughout history, of course, uh, the church gained in popularity, and then, of course, there, there began to be schisms. There began to be uh, denominations that broke off. People had different ideas of, of how that we ought to serve God. And uh, it's a sad thing in our church history, really, that people we disagreed with, we would torture them or, and kill them. And the, the world likes to point out that we had a dark past, and we certainly have had a dark past in, in, the ch in church history. And I know we can point, our, point and say, it wasn't our denomination, but it is our roots. And I think it's good to remember this morning that, that we need to not have that kind of attitude towards those who don't agree with us, that aren't just like us, that we're supposed to give them love and charity. But as we began to have different views, one of the things that became important was that we would have membership. And I, some way for you to say and identify, this is the way I serve God. This is my understanding, this is my belief, that this is how one honors Christ and His Word. And so different denominations began to form and, and it became necessary to say, I belong to this group. I know that there, there is a movement within uh, our culture, especially our culture, that is really pushing for all of the denominations to just come into and be one again. But the difficulty with that is, is 
is so many of us see scriptures differently and, and some denominations have allowed the culture to color their understanding of scriptures and, and uh, some uh, have allowed history to color their understanding of scriptures. And, and to be honest with you this morning, I don't know if there's any group of people that have it perfectly right. I believe that we are close or I wouldn't be here. And I'm, not, and I'm saying this as honestly as I know how. I'm saying even myself, I don't believe that I have everything perfectly right. God has shown me things throughout uh, my walk with the Lord, even as, uh, after I became a pastor, and, he, and I have grown in Him. And there are things that I used to think that I don't think that way anymore. And we've been colored by our upbringing and colored by our... Uh, um, by the churches and that we've attended and the preachers that we've sat under. And I, I do believe, I do believe with all my heart that we are close. But I have to, I have to recognize that due to ignorance, due to coloring of, of, of uh, these other out, uh, outside influences, that we may not have it perfectly correct. And I'm thankful that God doesn't require us to have it perfectly right in order to make it into heaven. Because if we did, if we had to have it perfectly right, I don't know that anybody would have got there except for the Apostle Paul and maybe a few of the disciples that, that were sitting with Jesus and got to ask him the questions. And, and maybe, and maybe may I be so bold to say that maybe even some of them wouldn't have made it if you had to be perfectly right in every single way. Even Paul wrote to some degree, uh, said that I'm not giving this as a command, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm writing this by permission of the Holy Spirit. Even Paul was saying there's some things I, I don't know exactly how, it's, how it has to be. And I think that's helpful to us this morning. I, I hope it's helpful to us to realize that that we, are, we have get, gathered together, we have agreed together that this is the way we believe and this is the way we understand and that this is the way we're going to go and until the Holy Spirit would show us otherwise, this is the way we're going to live. What does it mean to be a member of the church? Well, certainly there are some provisos to membership. There are, there are some uh, certain uh, things that must be met, some certain qualifications that first must be met before we can become a member of the church. And, and this morning I'm speaking specifically about our church, but, but these are also true of, of the glorious church, the triumphant church that has no walls. And the first is that, uh, that we have to recognize that to belong to any group, we have to recognize that there are certain qualifications that must be met. I know that some here are fans of the Kansas City Chiefs. Some of you are, and uh, some of you, and you may you you know you could own an authentic NFL jersey for the Kansas City Chiefs. You could own, and I'm, I don't believe anyone does, and uh, thankful that you don't, you could have season tickets to the Kansas City Chiefs. They play on Sunday, you're not allowed. You can, you can, even, you can even own your own 
box. Be able, you know, have all the, all the luxuries that they afford you. But you're not a member of the team. Despite having the uniform, despite having invested your finances, despite uh, having your own private suite that you can watch the game in and, and all that you've invested into the team, doesn't make you a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. It doesn't matter. You're not a part. I once you worked with a, a lady, her brother works security for the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. When they won the championship, he received a world championship ring. He was honored to receive one of those. But was he a member of the team? He wasn't invited to be on the ticker tape parade that went down uh, Philadelphia. He may have, he, they have, may have honored him for being a part of, of the, the, the process, the whole team that makes the, the happen, but he's not on the roster. You don't know his name. You can't look it up. If you look up team members of, of the Philadelphia Phillies for the, that year, his name isn't on the books. He didn't meet the qualifications. I had the privilege of uh, working with a man for just a short while, just a few months, but he had been a linebacker for Penn State, but he went undrafted. And he, uh, we were working in the, uh, it was the summertime actually, and we were working and I asked him, I said, why didn't you go and sign with some of these teams that would like to sign the undrafted free agents? Why, why didn't you sign with them? And he said, I knew that if I would go and do that, that I wouldn't make a team. I knew I wasn't good enough. I would just be a camp body. And he said, I was ready to get on with my life. I knew the NFL was not in my future. And this is what he was saying. I was not willing to go through the process of being a member of an NFL team because I didn't think it was likely to happen. And so he didn't meet the provisions, the requirements. Now, I got to work with a, a man who had been a kicker for the Buffalo Bills back in the 90s, and he had met those conditions and if you look on the year that he played on the team, I don't know how many years he played, two, three years, I, I don't remember, but he was a member of that team. He went, wore the jersey, he went out on the field, there are stats that are recorded for posterity's sake. He made all of the requirements to be the member of that team. I think there's an important distinction here. You can say, my team, whether it's the Chiefs or the Royals or the Bills or Phillies or whatever the team is that, that you root for and care about, but until you become a member of that team, you're just not really part of the team. And I know they talk about, in basketball, the sixth man, and they talk about uh, the 12th man, uh, 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 the Seahawks, and, and all of these ones. They talk about the fans making a difference by being loud and all of that stuff. But you're not going to get on the payroll. You have to pay for that. <laughs> what am I trying to help us understand? I'm it's that this. There is a difference 
when you become a member, when you're a part of the team, and when you're just going through the motions. And to be a member of the church, and the church triumphant, and the church uh, here at Altamont, first you must be born again. It is the requirement of every single person that wants to become a member of the church that we first say that we need salvation and we make Christ Lord of our lives. Now you can lie and you might get a, to be a part of our church. We, we may uh, believe your lie and, and we could accept you. But until you've made Jesus Lord of your life, you can never be the, uh, in the church triumphant. You just can't. It's the, you're, you can't lie to God about your standing with Him. You can't fool Him. You can't trick Him. And one of the questions that we asked the candidates for membership this morning was, Are you saved? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Is He King of your heart? Until He is, and that's where your loyalty is, you can't be a member. You know, some of you here, that, that those of you that were the Kansas City Chiefs fans, you can root for other teams and not lose out on being who you are as a fan of the Kansas City. You know, you could say, you know, I also like... The Steelers. I know people who do that. They have split loyalties. Now, I don't know. Maybe I just said the wrong thing. I don't know. Somebody, I, <laughs> but some fans do. They have split loyalties. They, they, they like this team and they like that team too. And when they play each other, it gets a little difficult. <laughs> Maybe there's one they have a little more loyalty to than the other. I don't know. But when you become a member of the church triumphant, you may not have split loyalties. And when you're a member of the team, when you, if you were uh, a member of the Chiefs or the Royals, you're not allowed to root for the Tigers or, or root for your, in, uh, your divisional opponents. You are playing them, and, and quite honestly, sometimes they get physically violent with each other when they play. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to help us understand if you want to be a member of this church, you must be born again and you may not have any other loyalties. Now that does not mean that you cannot have, if you have a home church, that you can't have loyalty to that church too, that you can't love those people too. I'm not trying to suggest that. I'm thankful for the church that I got saved in. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is it's Christ alone. In Christ alone. Your loyalties are in Christ. Not only must you be born again, but you must be baptized. Now, whoa, Brother Morford, wait a minute here. We don't practice water baptism here. I understand that. But we do believe in baptism with fire. And whether it's with water or with fire or both, here's the truth. You can't continue very long in this membership until you've gotten sanctified, until you have borne the mark of being holy. It cannot be done. 
eventually carnality will come out. And this is why we ask, are you sanctified or are you earnestly seeking it? If you're not holy, it's difficult to be a part of a holy church. Because you won't fit for very long. You'd be like the kicker who can't make any field goals. You'll get cut. You'll be like the... You'll be... It just won't work. It just never works. Your carnality will influence the way you think. And it'll... Oper- it'll... it'll uh, uh, influence the way you vote and it'll influence the way that you uh, your testimony in your community and, and in your church and to your children and without the baptism of the Holy Ghost we are going to have problems as a church and we need it is critical that we have a sanctified church people who believe in holiness and walk this way and believe this way I'm concerned by, by those that, that don't take holiness as though it were a necessity of life. Like it's an option on a car. You know, power windows are nice, but we can still use the roll-up, you know. You can't even get a car that rolls up and down. When we say roll up a window, our kids have no idea what we're talking about. I don't even... Unless it was to the car show, I don't think my kids have ever seen a car that roll, you literally rolled up the window and rolled it down. It's verbiage they'll never understand. It's become standard, hasn't it? When's the last time you rode in a car that didn't come equipped, maybe it didn't work, but didn't come equipped with AC? It's standard. You can get the cheapest car out there. It's got AC. That's a good, that's a good thing to come standard, especially in Kansas. There are certain things that have become standard that at one time were options. And when you become a member of this church, if holiness, you viewed it as an option before, it is now come standard. It is a necessity and honestly, I'll tell you, whether you're a member or not, it really is a necessity. It really is a necessity that we be holy. God has said, be holy even as I am holy. Can you get to heaven not being sanctified? The thief on the cross did. But you can't get to heaven when you have light on holiness and you don't seek it when you turn your back on it. Then you're backed up on light. You've disobeyed God. And I believe it is in the heart of every true Christian to be so hungry to seek after it with all of their heart. You have to be born again. You have to be baptized. But you also, in order to be a member, there are behavioral considerations. There's certain things that are general rules and, and our specific rules are the rules of this church that you have said that you are going to now live by. And whether you're a, church, a member of this church or a member of the church triumphant, there are certain rules of conduct that are necessary to be a member. There are things that are unbecoming of Christians. 
And I know, I know in the last 40, 50 years, it seems like these things have become, uh, all of these things have just been thrown into the bag of legalism. Things that used to, Christians didn't do, now it just seems like, oh, that's what legalistic churches say. You know, cohabitation before marriage. Is, oh, that, we'll just wink at that, no big deal. You know, uh, you want to get divorced and remarried? 50 years ago, 60 years ago, the churches all agreed that that's what God said no. But you know what? We, have to just, we just have to just let that go because that's the way our culture is. And, and all, I mean, just the list goes on and on and on of things that used to be clearly wrong and, the, and almost all the denominations together said no. And now, now if we take a stand on any kind of behavior, any kind of lifestyle, we're legalistic. Do you know what's wonderful about the word legalistic? It means that you do it something that I don't think I have to do or I don't want to do. That's the definition of legalistic. And do you know what the definition of liberal now is? When you don't do something I think you have to do. The words don't have any meaning anymore. They are completely worthless in our, in our vernacular. We, it's lost all meaning. There was a time when legalism meant that you were adding things to the scripture that weren't there. That you were saying in order to be a Christian, to be a member of, of the church triumphant, you had to do things that you couldn't back up with scripture. That used to be the meaning. And a liberal was a person who, who didn't believe in the things that scripture said you had to do. That used to be the meanings, but they don't have those meanings anymore. And you can find uh, preachers that will preach that tithing is legalistic. And they'll preach that, and I mean, they just go on and on. All the things that the scriptures teach us, keeping a holy day, hey, keeping Saturday, uh, Sunday as a, our Sabbath, if that has become legalism. But scripture is clear that there are behaviors that are required for those who wish to become a member of the church triumphant. And there are uh, rules that our church has set aside that we believe are necessary in order to distinguish ourselves from the world. These are the behaviors. This is the conduct of your life. Is it perfect? I already told you that. Probably not. Probably not. You said, preacher, we really wanted you to say it was. <laughs> well, I can't stand up here and lie to you. The fact of the matter is, is that we are flawed as humans. And we do the best we can. And I believe God honors that. I do. I believe God honors that. And we can have disagreements and we can have points of, of contention. But when you become a member of this church and this denomination, what we're saying is this. We are going to work to be as Christ-like as possible. And there are certain behaviors that we're not going to engage in. And there are certain behaviors that we will engage in because we want to be Christ-like. And we're doing the best we know how. And that's the provisos. Those are the qualifications to be a member. Not only is there the provisos of membership, but there's the pledge of membership. 
there's some promises that you make. One of those promises is, is that you are going to help this church to maintain its spiritual temperature. I'm not talking about the thermostat. That some of you would like it lower and higher, I know. <laughs> but what I'm trying to help us to understand is, is that the spiritual fervency of the church is the responsibility of every member. And yay, even if you're not a member this morning, I would suggest that it is your responsibility. But as a member, we have taken for ourselves that responsibility. That we are going to work towards the, the spiritual betterment of this church. That this church is going to be a church that is on fire for God. And if we have cooled down, we are going to take personal responsibility and not point to other people, but we're going to do whatever we can to start the fire in our hearts and hopefully have it to catch flame in the other ones with like faith and like-mindedness. You're saying that if, if the God doesn't come in a service, that it's going to grieve your heart and you're going to, to seek God and ask Him what you can do to change that. You're, you're taking responsibility to, when, when uh, you feel like things aren't going the way they should be spiritually, that you're going to take a stand for what's right and what's holy. Even if all the other members and all the other people in the church are not, you're going to stand for what's right and what's holy. It's a pledge you made. You're taking a pledge to, to make votes based on what you believe God wants and not your preference. Annual meetings will come. Perhaps you'll have the privilege of one day of serving on the board. I hope some of our, our new members will one day serve on our board. There are going to be leaders. And some of you already are leaders, and some of you have that responsibility. And we joke about board meetings being boring. But you know, it's the king's business. It's the king's business, and we take it seriously. And we try to be good stewards of the money, that we try not to waste it on things that, that God wouldn't uh, approve of, or, or maybe even on, uh, on uh, just, just being careless. We try to be so very careful. And we try to do what's right, and we have, sometimes we have to make hard decisions. Just this last board meeting, this, just this past week, there were, we were discussing something, and we didn't have clear guidance from the Lord. And I said, let's not vote or do any, take any action until we have prayed about it for another month. Let's move slowly until we have God's guidance on this. And I want you to know, and I thank God for this, the board all agreed with that, we didn't just move based on emotion. We didn't just move based on, on a, 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 a need to make a decision and just rush. But we want God, the Holy Spirit, to have His way in our board meetings. And that's the pledge that you've made, is that when you have responsibility, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class or, or Sunday school superintendent or, or whatever the case might be, but uh, when you vote, when you make a decision, it's not about what you want, it's about what God wants. And until you know what God wants, you're very, very careful. It's important. It's important. You'll have the privilege of voting whether you want to keep me or not. And that's important. Because if I'm not doing right, if I'm not leading the church well, 
it doesn't matter if you like me or not, you need to vote against me. If God tells you that it's time for me to move on and, and I'm not listening to that, God's not told me or whatever the case might be, even if you love me and want to keep me but God has told you it's time for me to go on, you need to vote against me. When have you heard a preacher say that? <laughs> I hope you'll come and talk to me first before you do that. But what I'm trying to help us to understand is that the opposite could be true. You may, you may think my preaching's too long and too boring. And you may want to get rid of me, and yet God says, you just keep praying for him, and you, you vote for him, and, and you keep helping him. Encourage him. And you may have to keep me when you don't want me. I hope that's never the case. But when we have made a pledge together that our votes... That our, that our Christian responsibilities, that we will do what God wants before we do what we want. It's a sacred pledge. It's a pledge that you're going to help this church go forward. We asked the question, and, and I almost hate to, to include it. It's necessary. I understand. But we asked the question, will you support the church with your tithes? Will you pay your membership dues? I, I really hate, ask, uh, hate that being a part because, quite honestly, you've already made a promise. You've made a commitment that this church, you're going to do everything you can to make sure that it's going to be here for another generation. Not only spiritually, but physically. And you're going to get behind it. And whether you've got a tithe, 10%, or whether God asks you to give 15 or 20 or 25%, You've made a commitment that you're going to do your best as God gives you uh, uh, the financial blessings to do so, that you're going to do your best to make this church go forward. And not only financially, but, but your time investments, the work that needs to be done. I'm so thankful for those that work around here and donate their time. We couldn't afford to pay the people that, that donate their time. We just couldn't do it. And I thank God for those that do. And you don't have to be a member of the church to donate your time or to pay your tithe or those kind of things. But those are, those are the pledges that a member makes to say, I want to see the church of God go forward. I'm going to give to missions and I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can for my community. I want to see the kingdom of God march forward. Praise the Lord. There's some pledges that we make in membership. But I want you to know also there's some privileges. There's some privileges that come with membership. One of the privileges that come with membership is that you get to shape this church. You get a say in what happens around here. And you get to, this is an incredible responsibility, but it's a great privilege. You get to determine the kind of church you're going to leave for your children and your grandchildren to worship in. It's an incredible responsibility, but it's a great privilege. You get a say in the kind of, of spiritual atmosphere. You get a, a, a say in, in what kind of, of, of preaching that your children will grow up listening to or your grandchildren will grow up listening to. Is it going to be... Uh, 
stuff on all preachers' opinions, or is it going to be the Word of God? Is it going to be truth, or is it going to be fiction? Is it going to be holy, or is it going to be secular? You have the awesome privilege of shaping the future of this church. What a great privilege. You have the privilege. You have a privilege of calling this your church. You know, people in the community will, can say that church. Visitors will say this church. But when you make this your church, you can say my church. You become a part of the family. Now, whether you're a member or not, we want you to feel like you're members. Or we want you to feel like you are part of the family. But there's a difference because of the commitment. There's a difference. I want you to, to think back. Some of you will, that have been married, you, you perhaps remember when you became engaged. And uh, suddenly, you now have his or her family. Suddenly, you become a part of that in the engagement process. Perhaps that's the time that they st you started calling your fiancé's parents mom and dad. Maybe so you never did that. But some maybe in, during that engagement process, maybe during that process the, you started receiving gifts at Christmas time and your birthday or, or whatever the case might be. But so, you're suddenly you're, you're being brought in as part of the family through that engagement period. But are you a part of the family yet? Not fully. You've not made a full commitment to your fiancé just yet. And once you have made that commitment, once you stand at the altar to, and you say, I do, to, to, that, to that man or to that woman, you're not just saying, I want to be a part of your family, our family, but your family becomes my family. And we become a family together. And I know in-laws don't always get to get along the way they should. But thank God in the church family, we can. I know that's not always the case, but I, I believe in our church it is the case. And those that have made a full commitment this morning or maybe in the past, when you have said yes to those, when you have made, you, you, what you have said is, is, I am making a commitment to be a part of this family as long as God will allow us to be uh, journeying together. And that's incredible. We laugh together and we cry together. We celebrate together. We grieve together. And you don't have to be a member to be a part of that. But when you do make that commitment, I believe that it, it signifies to one and all that you're going to be there for each other. That you're committed. I want to read to you the, the words of one of the greatest poets of our day. Bill Gaither. I don't necessarily care for the tune of this particular song, but I, the words are powerful. Come, my child, there is a place 
When you're lost, you will be found. You'll be safe and you'll belong. You'll hear the sweet sound. This is the place where we pray. This is the place where we cry. This is the place where we start till death do us part, where we say goodbye. Here we leave all our pain, find forgiveness and grace. Here we walk down the aisle, dedicate every child. Here in this sacred place, bring your fears, take his peace, come and share this holy space. It's a sacred place, a place where you've made a commitment to make sure that it stays a holy place. We thank you for your, those that made the commitment. I think I'm thankful for those that have that belong, though you've not made a formal commitment, yet you've made a commitment in your heart that this is that place, a sacred place, and you want it to remain that way. Let's stand together. Father, thank you that we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. Thankful, Lord, that you are in control. We ask that you would bless each one of our new members. We ask that you would bless this church. And Lord, help us to be fruitful. Help us, Lord, to be a light into this community. And may this place always be holy unto God. We ask these things in your precious, perfect name. Amen. You are dismissed.